This is Daniel White the Third. President of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode episode number 688 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement allows us to read the whole Bible as a single truth story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today, my beloved, we're reading 1 Kings chapter 13 verses 1 through 11. 1 Kings chapter 13 Verses 1 through 11. Shall we pray? Thank you, uh, Danielle. Thank you, Daniel Ezekiel, for being on point. Thank you, Daniqua, for being on point. It is such a blessing on this Thanksgiving Day. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your Holy Word, to teach your Holy Word, to preach your Holy Word, the whole counsel of God, and to preach your Holy Gospel. Save those who are lost and revive those who are saved. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, and whether you want to accept it or not, that's where you are. If you're living on this Thanksgiving day, you are standing between, literally, the living and the dead. First Kings chapter 13 verses 1 through 11. And behold there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord hath spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass when King Jeroboam 
heard the saying of the man of God, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up, so that he could not pull it in again to him. The altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored him again, and became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me, and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. And the man of God said unto the king, If thou wilt give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so was it charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way, and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel, the words which he had spoken unto the king, them they told also to their father. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the richness, the power, the grace, uh, and uh, how your Holy Spirit speaks to our heart through your Holy Word. Help us to meditate on it, help us to remember it, and help us to understand it better. Help us to go by, by it. Help us, Lord, to love it more, to cherish it more, and to obey it more, and to teach it more, and preach it more, and to preach your holy gospel from it. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family and among friends, 
and to the standing between the living and the dead service family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode number 1027, where I simply read the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary and or the Matthew Henry Commentary or some other reputable commentary or study Bible. My beloved, this podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book, in the law of God, distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So the aim of this podcast, my beloved, is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, the understanding of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ so that they can be saved from the wrath of God and the eternal burning hell by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ who said the most important words ever said in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth in him, Jesus Christ, should not perish that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life in heaven with God. And so, dear friend, if you have not truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in him today and call on his name and ask him to save you. And if he can save me, and he did, he can save you. My beloved, today we are reading Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 about Jesus Christ. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? Dear friends, I just read in your hearing Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Now, here is the sense of it, here is the understanding of it, if you will, with the help of the Holy Ghost and uh, the help of Dr. Matthew Henry. Christ's gracious condescensions are so surprising that even the strongest believers at first can hardly believe them. So deep and mysterious that even those who know his mind well are apt to start objections against the will of Christ himself. 
and uh, those who have much of the Spirit of God while here see that they need to apply to Christ for more. Christ does not deny that John had need to be baptized of him, yet declares he will now be baptized of John. Oh, the humility of Christ. And I say advisedly and humbly, uh, the humility of God Almighty. We wouldn't be here if it were not for our humble God who has the power to create us and the power to destroy us. But for the grace of God and but for God so loved the world. Christ is now in a state of humiliation. Our Lord Jesus looked upon it as well becoming him to fulfill all righteousness, to own every divine institution, and to show his readiness to comply with God's righteous precepts, word, and will. In and through Christ, the heavens are open to the children of men. I believe God just showed me something right there. We all have been baffled at the word of God when it says that Jesus Christ learned obedience through suffering. Could it be the same principle there that that's how we learn obedience? And so Jesus Christ himself subjected himself to that to show just like he got baptized, you need to get baptized. Also, because I suffered, and, and, and if you will, learned obedience, this is how you're going to suffer and learn obedience as well. Maybe doing it as that first example for us so nobody can ever say anything about, well, uh, Jesus didn't go through this. God, God just showed me something else through the scriptures that has baffled me and others for years. Just like that. Just like that. That, that God, that Jesus was fulfilling all righteousness, owning all institutions, and, and saying, I did it. I did it. You can do it. To give you an example of that on a human level, I went to an accredited university where I had to go in the classroom. My daughter Nanny wanted to go in the classroom as well. To and she really did. She didn't want to she didn't want to even go to college online. And then I went online at the same pardon me, university. Pardon me. But the seminary side. And quite frankly I I, I got a better education 
uh, online than I did in the classroom. Because there's a whole bunch of mess and a whole bunch of stuff that goes on in the classroom that should not be. People talking about, the teacher talking about their weekend, spending half an hour talking about their weekend and what they did and all of that. So to smooth that over and to ease into online college, I went first. Because I, I, I was getting ready to go back into the classroom in another seminary. See, uh, that's, what I, that's what I came out to Texas to do. And uh, so I got my accredited bachelor's degree and I was ready to go on to get my master's degree at a prestigious seminary. But I sacrificed that and I went to another seminary online. And so that my wife, my, my, not my wife, my daughter can see me do that. And so since I did it, she could do it. So that's an ex illustration of what I'm talking about, what God just showed me. That Jesus did not have to get baptized. Jesus did not have to uh, suffer to learn obedience. But he fulfilled all righteousness. So nobody can say that uh, Jesus never went through that. Jesus did, not, Jesus did not have to go through temptation in the desert. But he did for our benefit. The, oh, oh, the humility, the meekness of Jesus Christ for us. So God just answered that question for me that has baffled me for years through the Holy Scriptures we're reading today. That's the power of reading the Scriptures over and over again and praying along with the Scriptures. This descent of the Spirit upon Christ showed that he was endued with his sacred influences, go ahead, Dr. Matthew Henry, without measure. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. By the way, as something I, based upon something I said to you this past week, niceness is not in there. You can try to put it in there if you want to, but niceness is not in there. One of the biggest problems in the church today is this thing uh, called niceness. Especially coming from men who are supposed to be in charge. You can be loving you can be gracious. You can be kind. But that's all in, in, in God's biblical righteousness. Niceness, as we know, is letting people just do what they want to do when they're wrong and never saying anything to them. That's, that, that we don't need niceness anymore. And thank God the CEO, president and CEO of Promise Keepers learned that. See, see, see. So let me tell you something. God is is loving beyond measure, but He's not nice. 
<laughs> he's humble, he's loving, he's gracious, he's merciful, but but he's not what you count as light, niceness. He's not that, and Jesus is not that. Jesus was not nice when he turned the tables over in the temple and just turned the place upside down because people were sinning in the house of God. No wonder so many churches have been destroyed and, and, and closed down because people are living in sin in the house of God. You hear me? God is very loving and very gracious, merciful but not nice in the sense of what you call niceness. Letting you do what you want to do and say what you want to say and act any kind of way you want. Uh-uh. God does not stand for that. I don't know where y'all got that from. We need more men who love their wives, but they're not nice in letting her have her way. They love their children. But they're not nice. And the last thing you want to be called men is nice. I don't know what, what, what you're talking about. Where you got that from? You know, I love you, but you need to do what I tell you. See, that's what, that's what, that's what it's about. Uh, I love you, and you better do what God has told you. And don't, don't ever question my love, because I, I have the God kind of love. And I'm not, I may not be nice, because I'm not going to agree with you with your foolishness and your sin and your evil. If you want to hate me for that, hate me. Hate me. Hate me real good, because I'm not going to be that. See, my dad was nice. He was loving with the God kind of love. But he was nice in letting his wife run over him, his son disrespect him, his daughters run all over him, and his baby son run all over him. See, that ought not to happen, because your being nice is hurting me long term. Okay, parents. We need some. We need more uh, parents who are not nice anymore. Uh, you know, not nice like you know, some of the grandparents and parents back in the day, who uh, Mother Timothy will, with a straight face, not angry, will look at you like you're crazy and say, "Go over to those bushes over there. I grew those bushes for you, and I want you to go get me uh, three switches so I can braid it and whip your behind. Move that off of there. Just exit out. Exit out. It's down in the middle section right there. <clears throat> okay. Okay. My mother was loving but she was she was not nice. Nice. My mother nobody can call my mother nice. Nobody. Not not, not any of our children. Growing up. Maybe the babies, but not me and my, my, my sister under me. We know. Mm -mm. And I doubt if my sister under me can call her nice today. <clears throat> because I know how that relationship is. My mother was loving, but she was never nice to me. And that's good. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, away with the niceness, man. Niceness let people get away with evil and wicked and sin and, and causes damage to their own lives. They need somebody in their life who's not nice. Everybody needs somebody like that. It was, it was not nice for my pastor friend who's 30 years older than me to tell me 
that okay now preacher you can preach but this little saying that you be trying to do we uh, don't do that anymore you know why he told me that because he loves me and obviously I was embarrassing myself but he was not nice to say that he said a straight face he was not playing <laughs> that's that that's loving but not nice see and and this country is messed up with this bogus niceness we need people to tell us the truth because they love us and not because of niceness and and uh, and away with the niceness in other words at Christ's baptism there was a manifestation of the three persons in the sacred trinity the father confirming the son to be mediator the son solemnly entering upon the work the holy spirit descending on him to be through his mediation communicated to his people in him our spiritual sacrifices are acceptable for he is the altar that sanctifies every gift. First Peter chapter 2 verse 5 out of Christ God is a consuming fire but in Christ a reconciled father this is the sum of the gospel which we must by faith cheerfully embrace glory be to God now we move to the family segment of our devotional time Ephesians chapter 5 verses 22, 23, and 24. That's where we are today. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 22, 23, and 24. This is our third day of hearing from God. Command, 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 yea, command the women. This demonic foolishness we have today, where women get away with murder, get away with everything. Men are condemned. Men are looked down upon by society, the government, the legal system, and even women themselves. Because they know they can get away with murder and and can lay it all on the man and condemn the man to hell. Here's what God says to the wives. On Thanksgiving Day, 
don't bow your head yet, it's not time to pray. Now, you can take it when the husband is being spoken to. And take it when you get, you're getting spoken to. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. You say, well, preacher, why is there a problem with this in the first place? Well, there's a problem because your wife has a sinful nature just like you do. And uh, that depraved sinful nature has produced a disrespect and a dishonoring and a disobedience to the authority that God has placed over her. And uh, a little leaven, leaven of the whole lump, it has spread like a green bay tree across this country and around the globe down through the years. Now, on God's side of the fence as to what he has put in women, God put in women through their instincts, through their conscience, if they're saved through the power of the Holy Ghost, that they ought to respect their husbands, submit themselves to their husbands, subject themselves to their husbands. The reason why this is a heinous crime by women <clears throat> uh, in the spiritual world, the reason why this is a gross sin of women is because God put it in them to submit themselves to their husbands. And they are rebelling against it. Not counting the, even the word of God that says it to them directly. See. It's already in them. See. And uh, this is why women respond to dogs and bo peeps. Because Bo Peep and the dogs of the world, they know that this is in them. And, that, and they, they know that she will submit to them. Because they're not going to have it any other way. See. She does not want Derek with the blue jacket on and the red tie and the white shirt. Who's been in church all of his life. And who has a job. And who has money. And has a house to put in. She doesn't want that. She wants Bo Peep or a dog uh, off the street who will throw her on a motorcycle and have sex with any, every which way with hardly any respect for her at all. See? And so, I submit to you, men, women are just as wicked as men are. Stop believing 
the hype and stop believing the lie, they may look dainty. They may look pretty. They may look submissive. They may look uh, fine and good and well and easily entreated. But they're not. It's like one of the uh, female stars in Hollywood was in a show uh, with the guy who played in Rwanda. They were halfway dating in the show. He had a limousine sitting for, sitting outside for. They were going to go on this very highfalutin date, ball kind of a thing, and she came out looking beautiful in a beautiful gown. And he smiled and said, you look uh, so good. And she replied back, she said, I may look good, but I'm not good. And, and, and there are thousands, yea, millions of women who ought to say the same thing. And, and most men have been bamboozled taken, uh, fooled by women like this, by the way they look, and not understanding uh, how much of a witch they are on the inside. And so, and then they, and then they are uh, put down by pastors and, and, and pastors' wives and put down by society, put down by the government, while the woman is being lifted up. And so many men have been beat down that way, and and no, they should have should not have allowed that to happen, because God has put instincts in men too not to be that way, and you know it. You men know it. I'm talking to real men. I'm not talking to effeminates. I'm talking to women, you know deep down you are not let that woman control you and subject you to her. And have a situation where she can, she can just come and go as she please. My, um, let, let me tell you something. I've never had a relationship with a woman like that. And especially my wife. You, gotta, you, gotta, you have a wife where she can get up and go anytime she wants to. And you don't even know where she is. Don't tell me it's not true. I know of some evangelical brethren. Preacher brethren who allow that foolishness. Mm -mm. I, I would not have a relationship like that. To hell with that. Seriously. See, I you say, well, preacher, uh, how do you do it? I insist. I insist uh, we don't have a marriage and you, you won't have the privilege of being married to me. I insist on it. I have no problem with my wife leaving at any time. I've told her that thousands of times down through the years. But once you leave, don't come back. And I mean that. In the words of Bishop Daniel White Jr., I mean that thing. That's real talk, man. I would rather for you to obey God and do it his way. But now if you choose not to obey God, well, you know you're not going to obey me. So you, don't, you really don't need to be here. And I mean that. She's standing right here. To this day, I mean it. 
And my wife looks very dainty and very sweet and quiet and this, that, and all of that. But that's not inside of her. She has the instincts to do it. She uh, has the conscience to do it from God. She knows she ought to do it. But she chooses not to do it. And, 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 uh, and I doubt if she is saved to do it. <clears throat> okay? But even with her not being saved, I still insist. Because naturally speaking, it's already written in her heart. And that's what most of you men don't know. If you tap into it like Bo Peep does, and the dogs do, They'll have that, they'll have, you know, Bo Peep and the, and the dogs will have, have her hanging from the chandeliers and, and, and uh, all other kinds of things because they, they, they know psychologically that it's in her to submit. You don't know that because you're a sweet kind of nice guy and that you think that you can win her over by being the sweet little nice guy. See? She's going to eat your lunch, and she's going to eat you up. If you, if you, if you come off like that to a woman, because that's not in her like that. It takes a man to lead a woman. Now, no, now listen to me. Don't you get mad at me and, and some of you who are in even my on her side of the family who want us to break up to prove me wrong. She has outlasted all of you combined. If you even got married in the first place. You know why? Because you got a husband like this. Who insists on it. And. I'm not going to put up with it. See. That's why she's been married for 35 years. And you. Barely made five or six. If that. And you're out there by yourself. Not with no man. And horn around and everything else. So don't. Don't bother me with your mess. See. And don't bother her with your mess. But she's. As I've said for 35 years. Anytime she wants to jump and leave. She can do so. And I, I, I told her. That you can do that at any time. It would be a benefit to me if you left. So, I mean, you're free to go because I won't have to deal with your foolishness, rebelliousness, stubbornness, see. I'm bringing it down to you in a real family. And I did not let her ruin my children's lives either. That was a big deal to me because some of you mothers, so-called mothers and wives who don't have natural affection, you've you been woke for years, you end up destroying your children's lives and you want to continue to destroy your children's lives by being in the midst of their lives and all into their business when they leave home. And I didn't let my mother do that and I did not let my wife do that and I don't want to do that. I'm a firm believer that once you leave the house, it's between you and God, I am turning you over to God. I'm going to say what the Lord would have me to say to try to help you uh, through his word and so forth. As I communicated with all of my children this morning. 
uh, every day this month. And it's up to them whether or not they want to take my advice. And it's up to them whether or not they want to refuse it. But the circumstances are out of my control. I mean, the 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 the, uh, the results are out of my control and out of their control. The consequences are out of my control. I'm going to tell you what the Lord leads me to tell you, and uh, once you do it or not do it, the consequences. See, you can do what you want, but you can control what you want, but you cannot control the consequences. See, that's the problem, especially being a Christian. Because you're going to find out that God is not nice. He's loving, but he expects you to obey him. And he'll bless you for doing so. But he's not going to let you do what you want as a child of God. You can forget that. Listen to me well. If you don't want to hear the word on it, hear me. He's not going to do that. He's not going to let you do that. <laughs> not if you say. I say that with a smile. Because I know it's true. Same thing for all of you wives who still want to control your husband. Even on Thanksgiving. You want to control and manipulate things. And the whole Thanksgiving turns out to be a mess because of you. And you're messing, and he's got to come in and try to clean up the mess you done said, and you done fussed somebody out and cut somebody out, and then threw down the mittens and, and went to your room for the rest of the Thanksgiving. Uh, you don't want to see anybody. You invited all these people to the house. Now, they got to be entertained by him because you done made somebody mad, made your daughter mad. Call your son's wife homely. Told your daughter that uh, your sister-in-law, I would have bought her just like this too. But you know uh, how her husband is and so forth and so on. You know, making making a mess. You just instigate her. You always bring up some evil mess that comes straight from hell. And your husband does not realize it. And he so he does not understand why there's always a mess with you. You all, I mean, you invite the children here, you beg them, you tell them that they're going to be loved and everything's going to be warm and fuzzy, and then you start bringing up some mess on Thanksgiving Day. And now y'all not speaking on Thanksgiving Day. And then the father has to say, the husband has to say, what in the hell y'all come to Thanksgiving dinner for, and you're not going to communicate and eat together. It's, it's, this is ridiculous. I can't even enjoy the football game. Because the knives are out. And this kind of scenario ha scenario happens all across the country. You know why? And let, let me just tell you men something. You know why, men? Because you don't rise to the occasion and put this garbage down. Control your wife. Even over her children. Don't let her bring up mess. That come from the heart of hell. Because you don't rise to the occasion men. You always got mess. And bad feelings. And confusion in your family. Because everything is controlled and dominated. By your wife. Even on Thanksgiving day. Little snide remarks. Little slick remarks. 
then the little satanic giggle behind it. You know, no, no, there's nothing to giggle about. <laughs> no, 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 witch. You can't just say stuff, stuff like that and then giggle. Thing is okay. Little snide remarks about your husband to the other people invited to the dinner. Oh, don't say anything to him. Because uh, 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 he'll want to come in here and, and, and do it some other way and so forth. Don't say anything to him. He's very insecure. All kinds of satanic garbage like that. I wanted to say crap, but I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, a few people. Oh, get control, man. And, 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 and listen, and tell out front before the people get to the house. Don't bring up your mess. I can bring up what I want. No, 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 no. You can't bring up what you want to in my house because I'm not going to have, I'm not going to let you. I'll call the children right now and tell them not to come. Because you want to bring up hell. Why your daughter didn't do this and why this and why she married this man and all this. I'm not having that. up in my house. It's better for them not to come than have to deal with you instigating stuff and little snide remarks and trying to say something private to people and, and dividing up the family with your foolishness. Pardon me. And please don't burn the food. Mess the food up. Sir, step up and bring peace to your household through God, through Jesus, through the Word of God by telling your witch wife to shut up. Okay? So that you can have a peaceful Thanksgiving and watch the boring football game in peace. And enjoy your chicken piece. I, I, I insist on this. I, I in my household, I, I've enjoyed all of my Thanksgivings. I've enjoyed every meal in my family because I'm going to make it go the way I want it to go. And my wife is not controlling me, my children, or anybody because it would be total hellaciousness and chaos. And God is not the author. The author of confusion. Glory be to God. Men rise up. And take control of your family. Tell you, She needs to do her job. Like cook that turkey. Cook that roast. Glory be to God. <laughs> Make the mashed potatoes right. So that they're fluffy with some butter. Huh. Some collard greens. Amen. With some good uh, meat in it. You focus on that right there. Make sure the bathrooms are clean so people can use clean bathrooms and they smell clean. Even after Uncle uh, Ben goes. Oh yes. <laughs> uh -huh. Keep the dishes washed. Keep the house clean. You do that, then you, you, you do your part, and I'll run the show. We're going to have peace and quiet up in here, and order, 
things done decently and in order. Okay? And we're not going to let you raise hell up in here with your daughters. And we're not going to let you bring your mother-in-law in here because she's the one who produced you. She's the chief, the rich in chief, and you're the rich. Glory be to God. You say, preacher, that's not nice. I'm not trying to be nice. I'm trying to have peace. We're not coming. We're not going to let you come in here with your woke bull sheep up in here. Uh-uh. Trying to side with this child and trying to side with this. We're not having that. That's why you men got messed up families because you let your messed up wife and so-called mother mess the family up and keep a whole bunch of garbage up in the family. Don't tell me my dad did it. Most loving man I ever met. In my life, he loved us too much and, and allowed hell to reign in the family with uh, my mother controlling things and ruling things. And so what has happened is I, 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 I was an eyewitness to all of this and so watch this. God raised me up in the world not only to hopefully see it change in my family, probably never will be, but to help you to put a stop to it across the country and around the globe. So you don't need a wife if you're not going to rule and reign in your household. To hell with that. If she's going to rule and reign over you and rule and reign over the children and keep them all in st- all, all angry and mad and, and bitter and everything else and dividing the family and all that kind of stuff, it's better not, you'd be better off not having it. Now, I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what God thinks. God told you you'll be better off in the wilderness. Have you ever had a run in faucet? He said, that's how a wife is uh, who is not a virtuous wife. God even described for you a virtuous woman through Solomon. And uh, through Solomon, uh, God told you that I find more bitter than death a woman. The woman, rather. Some of you got bad wives, bad women in your life. There are a few good ones, thank God. Very few. Some of you got bad wives, bad mothers in your household. Always causing some mess. And you let them rule and reign over you and over the children. Because you don't want to rise up and be the man. You'll be better off on a rooftop in the rain. That's me adding the rain now. That's not the Bible. The Bible says on the rooftop. Don't go on the rooftop in the rain. Go go someplace else. Build your hut out in the world. You'll be better off. than having a conniving, treacherous, witchcraft wife in the household. With the knives out. And I mean that. Your wife, if she's a Christian, and even if she's not, she needs to submit to you. And obey you. And... And, and don't you go and try 
to do that today, do like me today, unless you get cut. You need to make you need to make up your mind that you're going to be what God called you to be. And as I told my little brother before he died, uh, with and he was asking me questions about marriage and so forth. He was married then. Uh, I told him, you know, I'm going to tell you what I do, but you have to put Tonio on it. His name was Tony, and they called him Tonio in college. I said, you got to put your Tonio on it. That goes for all of you Tonios out there. Because you don't have the kind of wife I have. You're not me. You got to be you. And she's going to be whatever she is. And you got to deal with your wife. And God will give you the strength and the grace and the wisdom and the knowledge to do so. Okay, you can just take some of the things I'm telling you from the Word of God as a guideline. She cannot cross the Word of God. You can't. You are wrong for letting her do that. That means you cannot allow her to disobey what I just read in your hearing. Ephesians 5, 22, 23, 24. I don't care what kind of period she's on. I don't care what kind of mood swing she has. All of that. See, I saw my dad deal with all of that. That's craziness. No, no, no. You can... Watch this. Regardless of your periods, regardless of your menopause, regardless of, uh, uh, of whatever you got going on, your mood swing and all of that, we all know, and you know, you can control it and put on the dog when you want to. Huh? You can control it around a certain man that you dig, that you like. They don't, they don't see any of that for weeks and months until you sink your hooks into them and you get them married to you. And let me just say to some of you women out here today who are like, you can't find a husband. I, you need to go talk to my mother. You hear me? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the problem is. Talk, go talk to my mother. Because my mother comes from the old school. I don't know how she can get a, a man interested in her. Or how she helped my daughters hook. Um, my, not my daughters. My sisters hook a man. But I'll tell you this. My mother has never had a problem hooking a man. And she never had a problem getting a man, helping my, do- my, my sisters hook a man. She taught them how to hook a man. I don't, know how, I don't know how she does it. I don't know what she told them. But I know she's from the old school. And the old school women never had a problem getting in the, from the black south. And they never had a problem getting a husband like you people are complaining about today. Huh? So I, w- I would talk with her about that. And then come talk to me about being the kind of wife that God wants you to be so that you can be blessed and, honey, have it all. Well, yes, you can have it all. Because you know why? If you, you respect that man and you are, are trustworthy with that man, He'll give you the checkbook. He'll give you the bank accounts. He'll give you the world. That's a fact. The man is really not the problem. 
it's you. For the most part. And yes, there are some bad men, and I've dealt with them too. And we'll deal with them even starting tomorrow. So, if you think I'm picking on you, tune in tomorrow. But I'm not going to beat them down like most pastors with their effeminate selves, taking the side of the women all of the time. When most women will take the side of the men, you know why? Because they know what's in corrupt women. You don't believe me? Ask a mother who has a son. She'll call her uh, everything but a child of God. Oh, that hussy. (laughs) Uh, ask, Ask a woman who has a son and the women are coming after him. Uh, uh. They're coming after him, trying to sink their claws and nails into him. You know what the mothers are saying? Look at that husband. Look at that that thought. That hoe over there. That's what that means. Uh, Look at that hoe over there. Uh, Look at that husband trying to get my son. You want to see some hatred, buddy? You want to see a face change? You look at that mother who's got a son who's handsome and got it going on, and she's on the lookout, buddy, and she's she's on it about who this what this these women out here coming after her son. Look at these devils. That's what they're gonna say. You know why they say that? Because they know what's in women, and they don't want their son under the. They, see, most women, most mothers, they don't want. They'd rather for this son not get hooked up to any woman, cause she's gonna sink her claws into him, and take him away from her, and going to do her son like she has done her father. It's okay for them to mistreat and disrespect their father, the son's father, but she, oh no, she don't, she, no, oh, she don't. No woman is good enough. No woman is good enough. No woman is good enough for her son. And she'll call that woman everything but a child of God. That's a fact. You know why there are many black women who bought my book, Letters to Young Black Men, and made it a bestseller for their sons? Because I told their sons that you are the prize too. The woman is not just the prize. And by the way, I said this the other day, I'm say it again. You can live if you want to, brothers, when you ask her to marry you. I am, I am saying, away with the doggone kneeling. Stand up tall above her because you need to marry a shorty. You don't need to right up in your face like that right now. You stand up tall like a man. Look down on her. And then ask, would you be my wife? Don't say, would you marry me? Because they, they all caught up in the marriage thing. That's all they hear. Oh, wedding dress and expensive wedding. Uh, would you be my wife? Which means you're going to have to say it right then. But let her, help her to understand what a wife is. You, you're basically hiring her on to help you. 
do what God has made you to do and call you to do. She needs to be there for you to do what you need to do. And she'll get all of hers in time to come. But I need a wife to help me. To be a help meet. Oh, I know you don't like it, you woke uh, uh, church folks. I know you like that, but I, I, well, that's what I'm talking about. I want myself to have a wife to help him, to help them rather. Be a help me, not a boss over them. Glory be to God. God just led me to really deal with this on Thanksgiving because some of y'all are going to be in for a humdinger today once mommy gets through with you. So let's shut it down by praying for others. I know some women are saying, yes, that's right. Whew. Shut it down. Let's pray for other people. Holy Father God, <clears throat> I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you will save those families that are lost, revive those families that are saved, and help them all to do what you showed me a long time ago before I got married, that Ephesians 5 and 6 is the way the family ought to go, and that uh, we ought to obey your commandments regarding the family in Ephesians 5 and 6. And Holy Father God, we pray that you would have mercy and grace upon those of us who say that we're saved, those who name the name of Christ. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our wicked, evil, and ungodly sins of disobedience regarding obeying the great commandment, the great commission. For we have done you wrong by not obeying the great commandment and the great commission. And Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, for the millions of people who are hurting due to the coronavirus plague and the plagues that have come out of the coronavirus plague and the fact that it is an ongoing, continuous plague because we refuse to repent. We pray for the family and friends of Massachusetts resident Paula Haley. We pray for the family and friends of Illinois resident Robert Dickinson, Jr. We pray for the family and friends of Massachusetts resident Dorothy Drake. We pray, Holy Father God, now for the prayer requests. We pray, Lord, first for all of the thousands of people who sent in prayer requests down through the years. We pray uh, and we thank you for giving us the strength to pray for their specific needs. Thank you for thousands of answers to prayer. And we still pray for them and these new ones. Salvation, spiritual, family life, financial, material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon them all. And we pray, Lord, for now, Pastor Bashibi. Thank you for giving us the privilege for praying with him and for him for many years now. Thank you, Lord 
for the vibrant worship service and for the addition of new members to your kingdom. Thank you for the souls saved, restored, and delivered. Lives changed and people healed. Thank you for blessing the prayers for the nation's event. Thank you for the ministry opportunities through the Board of Management of Starlight High School. Please give gracious favor to Greater Harvests, heal Dora's knees, deliver Africa from drought, famine, and starvation. Please provide them with Bibles for new souls. Lord, touch the hearts of thousands in America to send Bibles to Pastor Bushibi. Uh, all they have to do is look up his name in Kenya and they will find his ministry address where they can send money in Bibles. We pray that you touch the hearts of thousands to do so. Basics for orphans and widows, food and water, ministry resources and provide for the upcoming women and youth conferences in December. We pray, Lord, for PTK. Please save him, comfort him, provide for him and his family, and give them love, joy, and peace in their lives, <coughs> and hope in you. Help him to look to you and not his circumstances. Help him to serve others and glorify you. We pray for Brother Jensen. Please bless him with the Holy Spirit's mighty anointings, with all spiritual, physical, soul blessings, divine intervention, protection, wisdom, connections, and wealth blessings. Bless him with anointings and gifts of the Holy Spirit, power of authority, and fruits of the Holy Spirit. Help him to do your ministry and work mightily in Jesus Christ. Name. In Jesus Christ's name, deliver him from all curses and satanic evil works. Do the same for all of us. Protect him from the coronavirus and bless him with the prosperity that he desires and his own home, his own house, and a blessed atmosphere. And Holy Father God, we pray now for all of the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel, through this ministry and pulpit, and we pray, Lord, for all of them that they would grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. And we not only pray for these few that we have listed here today, but the thousands who have believed in you through the preaching of the gospel through this ministry. We pray for Nick, Ponso, Vusi, M. Faison, and Tina. Uh, help them to all grow in the faith. We pray, Lord, for the people who have recommitted their lives to Christ. We pray, Lord... Uh, for the thousands who have done so, and these few, A.G., Lillian, Nick, Kwabina, and Ola Olua. We commit these souls into your hands, Let, and including our souls, let your will be done in all of our lives. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray, and for his sake, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you... Uh, are not saved, if you have never met Jesus Christ uh, and believed in Him as your Savior, believe in Him today. If you missed the preaching of the gospel earlier, remember 
the center of the gospel, remember what Jesus Christ said when he said the most important words ever said in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friend, and thou, you, shall be saved. Church membership can't save you. Giving money to the church can't save you. Working for the church can't save you. Wishing can't save you. Believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, having faith that Jesus Christ having faith in Jesus Christ who suffered, bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. You are a sinner. The Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Nobody's perfect. You've said that yourself. So you need somebody to save you. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the uh, sacrificial Passover Lamb of God for the sins of everybody in the world, not just the Jews. He died for all of our sins. He suffered, he bled, and he died for all of our sins, was buried, and rose again. And you can get your sins forgiven by believing in him and believing his gospel that he died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. So pray the sinner's prayer with me if you want to be saved today. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase. Holy Father God, I realize and I uh, admit that I am a, a wicked sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins, my failures, and my faults. As I now believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ, with all of my heart. And I believe your gospel that you suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and deeds and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake, amen. Now dear friend of mine, if you uh, sincerely believed in the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, and you sincerely prayed that prayer according to uh, the words of God and according to the words of Jesus Christ, you are now saved from hell 
and you are on your way to everlasting life in heaven. And uh, may I say to you on this Thanksgiving, congratulations for doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To help you grow now in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and get my free book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. It's a free download. You can read it immediately. And it will help you to grow in the faith and be the strong Christian disciple that God wants you to to be. If you have any questions, if you have prayer requests, please send those in to the email that's on your platform. Or you can email me directly at dw3, the numeral 3, at gospellightsociety.com. And so, dear friends, uh, also go to Gospel Light Society podcast and start listening to the thousands of free podcasts that will give you a great Bible education. And so, dear friends, make sure that you pray without ceasing. Until next time, I may be back tonight on Thanksgiving night to preach, uh, but I may not be. I may rest the rest of the day as I've already preached twice. Uh, But if the Lord tells is coming and we live, I will be back tomorrow night. And uh, until then, make sure you pray without ceasing. Yes, on Thanksgiving Day, there's no vacation from prayer. Pray without ceasing. And if you want things to go smoothly and well, decently and in order, then you better pray without ceasing and you had better read the Word of God uh, and meditate on the Word of God if you're a child of God. If you're not saved, I preach the gospel today. Uh, Get saved today. And until next time, remember what the Marines say as a motto. Simplify. Always faithful. Be faithful. For those of you who are Christians, and what the Air Force boys say, simple, super, always above, keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord. It doesn't matter what other people are doing, you keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord, and He will keep you in perfect peace. God bless you, dear friends. Thank you for spending uh, part of your Thanksgiving with me once again, and uh, make sure you are thankful, not only today, but 365 days a year, like my daughter Danny wrote about years ago. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time.